Hi, this is Matt Welsh with Spiritual Media Blog, and today I'm here with Stephen Hoffman, author of Clear Vessels. Stephen, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm really looking forward to talking about your book and your background. Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm pretty excited to be here as well. I've done a lot of research on some of your past interviews and and the good work that you've been doing in the world. So uh, very excited to be here and help join you on this mission. Yeah, great. Well, looking forward to it. So to, to start off, you know, for people who aren't familiar with your book, you know, tell us about your book. Um, what is Clear Vessels about and why did you write it? Yeah, so I'll give you the 10,000 foot level and we'll, we'll kind of dig in because <laughs> there's a lot of pieces to it. It's, it's basically my attempt to help people learn to navigate life more joyfully peacefully and and probably more importantly intuitively or some people might call it in a a guided fashion and it all came about from a crisis in my life and it took me about 10 to 15 years of learning all these little tricks to help me move through life more easily and I thought if I could somehow help people um, who are going through similar struggles get through that a little more easily and maybe in a shorter time frame that would be great uh, another more spiritual aspect of it is I think I've really been um, guided to, to write the book. I, I sometimes say it's my spirit guides who made me write the book, and a lot of it's, it is their book. So that may be off the deep end for some folks, but it, there's also a very, I think we all go through life in a different, with a different perspective. Some are more scientifically oriented, um, some are more religious, some are spiritual, but Um, What I found is there's something for everyone in here uh, and no matter where you're on your path, because it it was a rather long path, but but the the gist of the story is I want to help people live a little more joyfully and peacefully. And, and that came about through a lot of my life stories. Yeah. And I mean, tell us about your life stories. And you, you mentioned this came from a personal crisis. Do you mind sharing about that? What was going on? Yeah. So it, it doesn't so sound so bad when you're out of it. And, you know, but my crisis was a divorce. And I'd lived my entire life trying to live for the outside world. You know, I was, I was trying to please parents, please teachers, please employers be the perfect husband, you know, be everything to everyone. It was all about the outside world. That was my definition of success. Did I live up to what they wanted? And boy, that puts a lot of pressure on a person. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, I didn't really realize that things weren't working out as well as I thought. You have enough success that you think that is the way. I was a good student. I was a good athlete because I worked hard. I was a good employee. <clears throat> so from the outside world, they probably said, wow, Steve's really got it going on. But inside, I was not being authentic to myself. And so I owe it to my, my ex-wife who, who really um, pulled the plug on the marriage. And it, it felt like it was pulling the rug out from under me. My total belief system collapsed. And one night I was sitting there contemplating this. I walked down to the snowy frozen river behind her house and really contemplating life because, you know, yeah, there's some fun, good times in it. But at the time I'm like, is it really worth all these negative things? My whole, you know, my whole world has just been pulled out from under me and it just didn't seem worth it anymore. 
And at that point in time, I, I kind of got the message that said, we need you. And at that point in time, I wasn't really used to getting signs or anything. Um, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But um, that was really the pivotal, pivotal point in my life, which changed everything. You know, we always say sometimes the, the worst things turn out to be our greatest blessings. And, and in hindsight, it's, it's just been miraculous. Everything, you know, what's opened up since then. So. Yeah. I mean, that is a major life crisis. I mean, going through a divorce is a gut wrenching process. And then it even sounds like, I mean, you may have even had some thoughts about suicide when you went to the river. Did I hear that? Yeah, there were suicidal thoughts. And there were really two major points in life where I really questioned whether it was worth it. Um, that was the first time. Um, I'll skip ahead and then I'll fill in the gaps. But the second time was after I'd been, you know, my eyes were opened up. I started getting signs. I was reading every spiritual book under the sun. Like I think a lot of us have been through that phase. Yeah. Um, but I still wasn't getting any traction. You know, I was reading it, but I wasn't getting it and it wasn't impacting my life. And so that's the, the second time I basically said, okay, the first belief system didn't work. And, and that's when I yelled out to God. I said, just give me the rules. You, you know, I'm a good servant. I'm doing everything you've asked. Yeah. And, and where are you? And what right. has it gotten me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then I read all the books. I'm like, okay, it's still not working. Yeah. And I basically made the decision. My brother was getting married in Jamaica. And this was early January. And I made the decision, you know what? it isn't worth it anymore. After this trip, I'll take one last fun trip to Jamaica. And I think this is it for me. I'm going to check out. Well, oh my gosh. I met a, a gal on the internet and had a couple conversations and we agreed to meet when I get back from Jamaica, we're going to meet. <laughs> so I think the universe kind of plugged her into my life. We had a 10 year relationship it was very enjoyable. And, and, uh, I think they dangled some fruit in front of me to keep me going. And, um, but then I met, uh, I bumped into this, psychic at a, a bookstore in Minneapolis and and it was just a free reading and anyway she through that reading and others I started to check in with her periodically and she gave me some of the li best life coaching tips she she channels who she calls the elders it's very similar to you know a lot of people are familiar with Abraham Hicks and um, and I was reading these readings she would type up and it's just the best life coaching I'd ever had. And one time I just exclaimed to myself, I'm like, this is gold. Yeah. I'm like, this is what's given me traction. This is changing my life. And I'm like, this, I have to share. As soon as I, you know, words are powerful. Right. And when you hear yourself say, this is gold. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's something here. Right. <laughs> And so then I kind of, uh, I asked my spirit guides, eventually I, I came to the conclusion I need to write this book and it has a heavy dose of Holly's readings in it, Holly Burns. And, uh, but I was like to the spirit guides, I'm like, where, where do I start writing a book? <laughs> and they said, start with the God Love Hoffman story, which I'll stare here in a second. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote down this one little story and three days later I had 40 pages and it just started coming down and um it was quite amazing and and ever since i've started to get signs and communication um you know once you once you become clear disengage the mind um you know my prior belief system 
it was all about the mind driving the world. What can I do to please the outside world? How can I effort through this? How can I strive? What do I have to do? Yeah. None of it was, what do I want to do? What huh. feels good? Um, so I call it, you know, the difference between a, a mind-based consciousness and a heart-based consciousness. Yeah. You experienced, I think, you know, you started out as an attorney, right? You, right. You've yeah. followed some gut feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and yeah, I can definitely relate to what you're saying. I mean, you know, if I'm hearing you, you, you try to meet these standards that society or the outside world puts on you and then you kind of follow your, you say, this isn't what made me happy. And yeah, it's kind of, kind of what happened to me. I mean, I, I, I thought I'd be happy as a lawyer. I mean, I kind of checked all the boxes, but it was really pretty, pretty miserable and actually quit my, quit my job at the age of 29 and went back to school and decided to become a psychologist and a lot happier now. Um, so yeah, 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 I can definitely relate to what you're saying. I think it's, I appreciate you sharing your story too. Well, it seems like uh, I'm, I'm just imagining, I didn't know you then, but you seem very happy and peaceful <laughs> and feel like you, you know, it looks like you're enjoying what you're doing in the world. So I, I, <laughs> I imagine being an attorney, you did not feel quite the same. I, it was very, it was, it was very difficult for me. And, and, you know, I, I, I will say I, I, I'm still friends with a lot of attorneys who are happy being lawyers. Um, but it's, it's just not for me. It was, uh, it was not the right, right fit for me. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest gift we can give to the world is to be ourselves. We don't need any more people trying to fit in that little <laughs> definition of what society wants and it really is not the, the outside world putting it on us. We put it on ourselves. We think that's what they want and what they need. But when we become authentic and listen to ourselves, listen to the signs, um, we become very expressive. We become joyful. We become light. And, and you know, when you do that, positive things attract you, positive people, positive situations. Yeah. And life just flows a little more easily. And yeah, we all get curveballs and things don't always go well. And maybe one day you wake up just not feeling good. But um, generally speaking, things flow better and you learn how to navigate the tougher times better. Um, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I, I'll, I'll take you back to a time, you know, I'm, so I've, I told you the story where I was down by the river and saying, just give me the rules. Well, a short time later, a few months later, I switched jobs. I, I was in a different town trying to get away from my ex-wife and just start life fresh. And I was going out for a hike, which is one of my favorite pastimes, just to connect with the earth. Uh, you know, I think the earth teaches us stillness and is very therapeutic for me. And so I go, it was late November, I think, or late November, early November, somewhere in there. And um, I go out to this state park called Hoffman Hills State Park. So a little bit of synchronicity already kicking in. Hoffman Hills is in my last name. Yeah. And I'm the only one at the state park. It's a 700-acre <laughs> state park. It has beautiful plains of grasses and rolling hills and a little bit of everything. Just beautiful in western Wisconsin. And I go leave my vehicle in the empty parking lot. I start for a walk and I get this thought in my head that says, look for the signs. And I'm still early in this, you know, learning to 
pay attention. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of hard-headed, apparently. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder if it means something. I'm always like, give me a sign of something bigger <laughs> in life that God's yeah. here, spirit guides. Or, you know, even, know. even a ghost would do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like playing along. And as I'm going, the, the thought continues, look for the signs. And I start seeing these little state park signs like, well, here's, a, here's an oak tree, blah, blah, blah. It's 50 years old or, you know, all these signs that were relatively meaningless to my exploration. <laughs> and anyway, it continues. And I finally get to the back of the park. And there's this huge, huge observation tower. And, and there's, of course, is the big sign and it has the name of the tower and it describes it. And I'm like, this has to be the sign, right? And I'm reading, I'm reading. And there was nothing. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, it's just oh, another yeah. trick of the mind, right? Yeah. So I've totally given up. I'm like, okay, it's just my mind again. And then I hear it really loudly. They say, look at the sign. And I glance down at the ground and there's this plaque. And one of the contributors to the, to the park, their last name was um, Hoffman hyphen Godlove. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yeah, I immediately took it as God loves Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. And That's really cool. Yeah. So then I was like, I knew I am not alone. Um, yeah. yeah. And ever since then, I've learned to quiet myself enough to listen. I'm not psychic by <laughs> my, my psychic Holly always laughs at me. You know, I say, I'm not psychic. I'm just a normal person. I work in finance and, <laughs> um, and she goes, Steve, we're all psychic. Your entire book is about how to be psychic. <laughs> And I don't know if, if that's the right word, but it is about how to become guided and listen, yeah. listen to your heart, listen to your, um, your intuition. And I thought I, I was listening to one of your interviews with um, James Redfield. Oh, and you yeah. asked him a really good question. You said, how do you tell if it's your ego talking <laughs> or this divine inspiration yeah it's still something i really struggle and wonder about i mean what are your thoughts well you you made me really contemplate i'm like that's <laughs> such a good question because like on that day how could i tell my own thoughts from a different yeah person? and i've kind of learned uh first of all if it's a really good idea <laughs> it's usually inspired if yeah if it's, uh, in one of the quotes that elders have given me that that's in the book is it's if what you are doing feels like work you are doing you're either doing the wrong thing or you're doing it in the wrong way oh i like that yeah and so yeah so you can that's feel the lightness yeah that makes are you sense. thinking hard about what do i have to do and what do i have to work at and, or can you hear yourself say Oh man, I am really excited about this. I, I really like that. I'd never heard that, but that makes that makes total sense. Cause yeah, I mean, there's sometimes um when I go to work and it, it doesn't feel like work, I'm totally just present and there. And then there are other days when I it does feel like work and you know, reflecting on what you said, what I'm hearing you say is maybe that's the way we're perceiving the current experience or we're just doing the wrong thing. Right, I think the, uh, the spirit world or you know whether it's energy, intuition, God, whatever you wanna call it, 
I think it speaks to us largely through th- feelings. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think we do get inspired thoughts. Uh, there's a number of examples. My book is just chock full of life examples of um, all of these different things. One example um, that is not in the book, um, recently I was working on this Facebook group to try to market the book and, <laughs> and it just wasn't me. It didn't feel good. It felt yeah. picky. And, and that's when the elders gave me that message. And I said, okay, well, I don't want to totally give up on it. Maybe, maybe I'm doing it the wrong way. So first I got my head right. I looked at all the positives. I looked at what I could do with this and how I yeah. could help people. And it still wasn't working. Um, it, it, or it felt icky. I won't say it yeah. wasn't working. And so I'm like, you know what? I must be doing the wrong thing. So I backed away. And ever since, so even writing the book was like that. There'd be stretches where, like I told you, I'd write 40 pages and then I'd hit a block. And I'd back away for a few months and not write a single word because oh. they just weren't coming. If I had to force words onto the paper, that probably wasn't inspired thinking. That it felt good and I was excited. Yeah. I couldn't wait to get the story down. I'm like, that's probably a good idea. It's probably inspired. That is such a, a powerful message. And I mean, I appreciate you sharing that because I can definitely relate to that because this was about a month ago. I, I went to like a, a spiritual life coach and I was like, you know, what can I, what can I do to get my blog to grow? And she said, your blog will grow when you stop trying to get it to grow. And I, I don't know why or how this happens, but I mean, when I kind of like back off, then that's when like I connect with people like you and James Redfield and like, you know, you, you reached out to me, James Redfield reached out to me. Like I didn't try to do that. But then there's other times when I like, I'll literally create a list and I'll be like, I'm going to email these hundred people and I'm going to ask them to like publish my articles. And it just feels like work and I don't see any results. And, um, I, so what you're saying, I think is so true. And I, I don't know why or exactly how that happens, but it's, it's very, very well said. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's, it's really a life-changing thing. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but growing up in the Midwest, I had a workaholic dad. Yeah. And it was all about working hard is the answer. I know. I know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a lot of people maybe aren't in a position where they want to hear this, but life is really more about ease than effort. If you can re- if you can relax into yourself and you know it takes some proof our mind thinks our mind thinks it needs to run our life and once you get enough stillness and get enough evidence and you almost have to talk your mind out of giving yeah. up control yeah it doesn't happen overnight <laughs> i i think you're right and i mean i i don't always get this right but i mean sometimes what i actually will tell myself is like ease as possible in these circumstances. Um, or it even reminds me of people talk about like a, a peace that passes understanding. I mean, sometimes in the most difficult circumstances, it'll just be like, okay, it's, it's possible to feel some peaceful presence here now. And I mean, I don't know, is that something that you can relate to or? Yeah. It's, you know, I think one of the most powerful things I do on a daily basis is <clears throat> if you can get to a point where 
I can go to a quiet little place at work over lunch hour. I'll, we have this beautiful atrium and I can sit there and whether I, I've found ways to get myself into the zone, this alert stillness where you feel like, you know what? I am so freaking happy just sitting here. Yeah. I don't really need to do anything. So you just soak up that feeling as long as possible. And I know that might sound foo-foo to a lot of people, but it kind of like you said, once you become still and all of a sudden you start getting calls in. And it kind of reminds me of a couple of quotes that are, um, or at least one quote that's very important to me. It's from Hafiz, a 14th century poet. And he says, I am a hole in the flute through which God's breath flows. And so I think that's a great analogy for going through life with E. So our job is to eliminate the blockages in that flute. The blockages are, you know, uh, anxiety, stress, self-doubt. The biggest, I think, is lack of self-love. If you don't love yourself, and I was in those places, where, you know, when you're committing, thinking about suicide, you're obviously not loving yourself. Um, but that's, I think, the biggest hurdle people need to, in their, when you're working with this brain-driven approach, it's, it's easy to, you say, oh, I'm not meeting up to those standards, I'm a failure, and then that self-talk just takes you down a spiral. Yeah. So I really love that quote by Hafiz. We, we have to clear the hole, but we don't have to push the air through. Right. We don't have to move the fingers in perfect, perfect rhythm to make the music. We have to relax into it and eliminate this flow of abundance and love that's that's always there. Yeah, I I agree. And but then on the, on the other hand, one thing I I do struggle with, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Is you know, it's I mean, how how do you say that to to people who really really are struggling? I mean, you know, right now, it's like I I know people who've they've lost parents because of COVID. I mean, I, I personally know two people under the age of 65 who have died from COVID. Other people who haven't died, you know, they've got brothers and family members on ventilators or, you know, they're not that sick, but they're just living in a state of anxiety of like, what if I get this and give this to my parents or family? I mean, how does, how does your message of ease relate to people who really are struggling yeah it's you know it's kind of like all those books i read they, i read them and they're just philosophical but they weren't helping me in life so where does the rubber hit the road and you know using a few more words before i dig in deeper but it's a lot about non-resistance to what life brings or what's here currently um, non-attachment to outcomes um, one thing i'm really working on now is uh, non-judgment which is really forgiveness um, but in the end with those really big life circumstances what got me through it is I've learned that we are never alone we are always supported I, and guided yeah and also there's a more importantly there's a bigger plan that I'm not aware of um, that I fully trust in I've seen enough evidence uh, so I always say you know there's a greater power driving the ship yeah. I don't need to drive the ship. I don't know where it's going. I need to sit and enjoy the ride. And yeah, having a loved one die is not um, enjoying the ride. 
Um, I'll share one other more psychically related story that helped give me some evidence of this. Um, so I had a past life regression. Um, you know, Rob Schwartz, Robert Schwartz wrote the book, Your Soul's Plan. Yeah. And he used a, one of the psychics he used in that book is Stacy Wells. And so I reached out to her and did a past life regression. And Rob does phenomenal work in this area that kind of gives people an idea of that you created this plan before you came down here. And with Stacy, she told me that my marriage was never intended to last. Uh, in a prior lifetime, I was over in Europe back in the 1600s, and apparently I saw this lady who was my wife in this lifetime, and she was having a pic romantic picnic with this guy, and I, I thought she was mine. So I was filled with rage, and I went and I killed the guy with a sword. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so one, when we see people doing things that we don't approve of, you know, no, we may have been there at one point in time. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, what Stacy said was the guy that I killed was the son in this lifetime. So we had this sole agreement that my, my wife or the lady from that past life, oh. she agreed to give me another chance to handle this unrequented love in a, in a better fashion. Oh. And we gave life, I gave life back to this guy killed by having him become my son. Wow. And so if, can you imagine how my life would have changed if, if I would have gone through this divorce with less resistance and, and, and Stacy said, Oh, I passed with flying colors. I don't know <laughs> if I would agree. Um, obviously I was depressed. I had anger, but you know what? I, I went through it. I didn't kill anyone this time. So that's yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you did pass with flying colors. Yeah. Um, so that taught me that here I, you know, I basically was miserable for 10 years of my life because of that one instance. What if I learned to navigate that better and trust and be in the flow and, and look at things from a more neutral perspective with less resistance? Yeah. You know, simply asking the question, what's in this for me? How, you know, what am I supposed to learn? And instead of going in that spiral of negative thoughts, of, oh, I'm a, I'm a failure. What are people going to think? Uh, it just, um, so I think there's that higher level of, of knowing and, and that takes time, I think, um, disengaging the mind. But those, with those big things, um, sometimes they're just bigger than we are, I think, in, in the moment. We have to, my answer is to give them up to God. The smaller things in the book, I give dozens of little tricks I use to help myself get in the mood or a, a better mood or better feeling um, attitude. I always say that, uh, a, a kind of another story, I, I drive to work and I see this huge radio tower thousands of feet high and it was a reminder to me that I don't have to climb all the way to the top today. I just need to get one rung better. And when I say one rung, I mean, I just need to feel a little bit better. So I start the day. How do I feel? Maybe on a scale of one to 10, maybe I wake up feeling like a three <coughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but what can I do to, if I can make myself, increase to the level of a four, whether it's through taking a walk or reading some inspirational material or, you know, 
you got to find your own tricks. But if you create the habit of that, you get much better at it. And pretty soon you're waking up feeling like a six or a seven more days than that. Yeah. And, and I believe if you can learn to change how you feel, you are really unlimited in what you can do. Vibrations really work. Feelings really work. Um, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but you know, when you're feeling good, vibrating, you walk into a room, people know it, people feel it. <laughs> uh, people are attracted to you. Um, no one wants to, if you're a stick in the mud sitting there, woe is me. Um, you know what? Life's going to attract more woe is me. And so it's, it's just extremely powerful. I've learned how important vibrations are. You know, as, as a part of that kind of, this is a long answer to your question, but what do people do in these days? Um, you, you can't avoid your emotions. You can't suppress your emotions. You need to, I think uh, maybe the most important word in my vocabulary is awareness. Yeah. Be aware of how you feel. Be aware of your emotions. Allow your emotions. You know, there's that non-resistant word again. Right. We are human. <laughs> We're going to wake up feeling bad. We're going to have people die. Um, but life, this is the part people that at that stage may not want to hear, but life is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be, I think we're supposed to be conduits for love. Yeah. So the whole book is, it, it's really, it hits a wide spectrum of people I found, which has really surprised me. I've had friends who are non-spiritual read it and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm implementing these steps every day in my life. They're very <sighs> practical things I use at, at work. Yeah. Dealing with, yeah. <laughs> Coworkers, or, or some of my very spiritual people, you know, when I really started writing the book, it was meant to be a master's class of how to, once you're feeling really good, how do you deal with these good vibrations? Because <laughs> there are different tricks. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, one time I was, I was in such a good habit of going to this atrium and feeling good. And I wasn't striving, working, thinking. I was just feeling good every day. And this job opportunity came to me out of the blue. And after an interview, they said, they told my, um, my headhunter recruiter, we like Steve so much. We're thinking about canceling all the other interviews. He's our guy. <laughs> nice. So we go through all these series of interviews. And then at the last moment, say, you know what? We should bring in this one other guy. And he got the job. And I felt kind of kicked in the gut. And, yeah, you know, Sure my uh my the messages i was getting in in the elders and psychic readings were like yeah go for it if this job feels great do it you know <laughs> go with the flow and then i didn't get it and i'm like what was that all about what the hell what the, what the hell yeah. yeah and uh the elders basically said well well quit your whining steve you got there because you were doing such a good job of feeling good this opportunity came up but it was just a sign that you're on the right path. There's something even better out there for you. But instead of thinking there's something even better, you're sitting there saying, well, what was that about? Why did I get kicked in the gut? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good story. I like that. That's really good. So, so we covered the whole spectrum right there in a short time from people who are really down and out to 
people that are maybe flying higher. So there's a little bit of something uh, for, for everyone in the book. But when I wrote the book, like I said, I wanted it to be, I want to hang out with high vibrating, vibrating people. I love, you know, having conversations with folks like <laughs> you. And this is fun stuff to me. I think you and you're enjoying this much better than being an attorney. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that this is where the spirit guides had their uh, kind of say with the book. You can't go from zero to 60. They said you have to, there's a lot of people that are down and out and you need to use your experience from when you were bottoming out, when you were suicidal, yeah. what did you do? You got to help those people too and help them climb from feeling like a two to a six. And then, and then you get that momentum, right? Even if you can just get to neutral, it's yeah. so powerful going from a two to a five that the momentum doesn't stop. Yeah. And then when you start to see evidence pop up in your life, you're like, okay, I know this stuff works now. I know what I did to get from a two to a five. I can practice that next time I'm feeling like a two. And it really just has totally changed the way I navigate life. Every little decision, um, I don't wake up thinking, what do I have to do? I, I kind of think, what would feel good to do? And I know it's not just me. One time I recently I was walking <clears throat> to work and, I kind of take the long way from the parking lot into the front door of our office so I can sit and look at the trees, enjoy their beauty, enjoy the weather, even if it's snowing, enjoy beautiful architecture. Yeah. You know, take time to disengage the mind, find that alert stillness, teach it to focus on the positives. And so I'm doing this little walk into work and I get in and my coworker says, Steve, you you look so peaceful and happy. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Why do you right. feel good? <laughs> You're walking into work. Most of us are like, oh crap, it's Monday again. We got to go to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it, uh, the entire topic of this book is how do we navigate life better and more enjoyably and, and, and make it something that we're excited about and, and, and doing what we're doing, spreading the love, that probably, I think, brings the most, I'm finding is bringing the most joy. It's not about what can we do for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's been a, quite, a, quite a journey. So kind of to sum up all those high-level points, um, you know, we are not alone. We are never alone. It, we are yeah. fully supported. Um, by a, a very loving group that knows us better than we know ourselves. Um, and if we tap into them, they can guide us. They'll give us signs where to go, what to do. Uh, so number one, we're not alone. Uh, number two, vibrations really work. Feelings really work. Be aware of your feelings. Uh, be aware of your emotions. Uh, don't suppress them. And then finally, life is life is supposed to be enjoyed. It, you know, won't we all be joy? But um, you, you know, like with my divorce and with your being attorney, you you look back at it and you're thankful for that experience because it put you sent you on a direction that you weren't on. Yeah, 
I've, another quote I've heard is the universe will sometimes make you uncomfortable to, to get you to move in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another example again, see these stories just start, your life changes and every day is almost a story. But when I started one of my jobs, I kind of had a history of having bosses who I did not especially enjoy. Hmm. <laughs> and after a week or two at this new job, I knew I stepped into, um, a bad situation is what I labeled at the time. And I, I said to myself, I'm not going to waste any more years of my life letting a boss make me miserable. And so I started um, um, guided, guided meditations. I, I would listen. So sometimes it's hard for us. I think, you know, people say, well, just meditate. And so you sit down and you're quiet and it's like, okay, I'm quiet. I'm breathing And your mind's like, okay, is this working? What do I do now? And it just doesn't seem like it's doing anything. So sometimes listening to a guided meditation is very helpful because you can just sit back and let them plant the positive words in your head. It does help. Yeah. So I would do that. I decided I was going to focus on all the positives at work, all the, the great coworkers I had, the, you know, the stability, the, you know, there's a lot of good things around you at all times if you focus on it. Yeah. So pivoting those thoughts. I also started yoga. So you know what? In this time frame where I was like, I was really depressed again. I landed in this job that I wasn't happy with and I knew it right away. Um, and I, through that process, I changed myself. I, it actually brought about this experience where I'm, when I'm working at this, this job, is when I started to find that quiet time. I started to write the book. I started wow. to attract positive investments, uh, relationships. It's like, it was, a, a, again, another microcosm. I woke up one day feeling like a two, and I'm like, okay, Steve, you've been here before. What are you going to do about it? Great, great. I like that. So one story after another, and, <sighs> and I guess one <laughs> – I'm kind of rambling, but another little tip I learned, this is more on the positive end of the spectrum and it'll kind of bring all this full circle, but I was in Aruba. We found this free vacation house through an exchange. And so I spent uh, 10 days in Aruba and we, we'd wake up and do some yoga, some meditation, positive reading by the pool. I mean, we're just like melting in heaven, just in such a good vibe and then in the afternoons we'd go scuba diving or swimming or oh. riding <laughs> then we'd grill fresh seafood at night by the pool and drink a little red wine so needless to say i was flying high more relaxed than ever and the final day uh in aruba i went to the beach one more time northern tip and just being thankful for the experience uh, and i'm watching all these waves crashing and and I got the message that, you know, Steve, life's a lot like these waves. Our love and abundance is, it's always there for you. These waves have been coming forever. They brought sailors from Europe. It's never ending if, if you just don't block it or get in the way. If you don't block those holes in the flute. <laughs> and they, they kind of gave me a, a meditation I'll share with you. Um, that helps me. It's probably the one I use most often. And 
and I envision myself laying on this beautiful sandy beach just at the edge of the water, you know, where your, your shoulder blades and your butt are in the water, but you're kind of lightly supported, but you're, you're touching the soft, silky sand. And I say to myself, as I inhale and fill my lungs, I say, relax, and my lungs fill up, and then you get more weightless and you start <laughs> to float. It's that floating feeling that is kind of that stillness I try to find every day in my meditation. And yeah, and I, I picture a gentle wave coming in as I lift off the ground and it, it pushes me down the beach exactly where I need to go without trying. And so then on my exhale, I, I just say, allow. Yeah. And I picture the waves taking me there. And so I just keep repeating, relax and allow. And it, it gets me to that stillness place um, where, where, where positive things happen. And, um, and of course, you, I've shortened the meditation. I just simply breathe and say, relax and allow to myself. And it's just one of those little tricks that, again, there's dozens of them in the book, but um, these are tricks that have come to me and I want the readers to be aware and listen in, in their own, their own, I call them be happy tricks. Yeah. Will come to them and you just learn to navigate life. You know what to do when you're a two, you know what to do when you're a eight. Right. So it's uh as you can tell, it's been a big transformation. And, and so my hope is that uh, the tricks I've, the be happy tricks I've shown in the book um, will show people uh, a little taste of what they can do. But I also, you know, I want them to learn for themselves. Um, I want this, it's a very practical book. Some are just very practical exercises. It's also very obviously a spiritual book. Um, <laughs> So there's, there's something for everyone, but um, I don't want people to go 10, 15 years struggling with life like I did. If, if I can help people get through that quicker, more easily, um, it'll all be well worth it. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you sharing such personal experiences and accounts. I mean, I think those are really, really helpful. Um, and you know, I, I do have some more, a uh, few more follow-up questions, but I want to be respectful of your time. Do you, do you have more time to share with our listeners or do you have any? Comments? Oh yeah. I have as much time as you want, man. Oh, okay. I'm good. Oh, good. Good. Thanks for your interest. Yeah, good. No, I mean, this is all, I'm really, <laughs> I, this is all super helpful and fun and fascinating. Um, so yeah, just a, a couple of things. One, I'm, to go back so what you something you had said at the beginning, you talked about how initially you had read through some of the spiritual material and it wasn't helpful, but now this stuff obviously has been really helpful and life transforming for you. I'm just I'm curious and, and, and to be fair and transparent, I think a lot of people have that experience too. They'll read the books and then they don't see any changes in their lives, or maybe they read the wrong books. Um, but, but so I'm just wondering for you, why do you think now you've been able to create this level of, of happiness and peace? Whereas at the beginning, when you read some of the books, you weren't able to. Yeah. And I will add that I think a lot of the books come to us at the right time. 
Yeah. And so I don't want to disregard all those books. It, it, it's kind of like peeling an onion, right? We've got yeah. these layers and, and a, we've got these hard great. shells. And <laughs> I mentioned the mind does not give up control. I know. <laughs> yeah. One time I was during it's my true. depressed stages, I was riding my motorcycle. And I don't have a radio on my bike. It's a cheaper <laughs> bike. And so a song just came into my head. It was all about now. And I just started making up these lyrics about now and, uh -huh. And um, up on the right, I saw a bookstore. And of course, at the time, I wanted to read everything. I'm like, oh, great, a bookstore. <laughs> I go in and I hit this, I go down an aisle, I hit the, a T in the road, a T, on the, a T in the aisle. And it's like, I didn't decide whether to turn left or right because right in front of me, there's a whole stack of the power of now books. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. I may be hard headed, but I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to read that book. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I think they do all kind of peel away the layers. But the, the advice that the elders through Holly gave me made it so much more practical. Maybe I was, I was close, but I wasn't quite doing things exactly right. Maybe I was, I'd be thinking positive thoughts, but subconsciously I would have a a hesitation or a doubt or you know is this yeah. really gonna work or and they've taught me to be extremely aware of the finest thoughts and right vibrations and and maybe do be a little more patient don't do something for two days and say it's not working you know yeah so they really fine-tuned my awareness and how I thought and and all these things I share in the book where what I was doing wrong and what took me over the top, but it, it really gets down to be honest with yourself. What are you really thinking? What are you really feeling? Um, one, one example might be, um, had this, the long-term relationship of 10 years and we're, you know, debating whether to take it to the next level and move in. And they said, well, in the back of your mind, you're really enjoying the time you have by yourself in your house alone and the time to meditate and the time to write. And they're like, is that really what you want? Because yeah. if you were honest with yourself in the back of your mind, there's that, there's yeah. that vibration that's blocking it. Yeah, exactly. And I, and you know, and I also think too, and another thing you, you said too is, is, is being aware and honest about our, our feelings and emotions and, I don't know if this was your experience, but for me, when I first start reading some of these books, either I misinterpreted them or I felt like they were saying like, always be happy. Like the, like they're just like, don't be sad. Don't be angry. As soon as you feel sad or angry, you know, just think positive thoughts and then you'll be happy. When what I've sort of realized is that they're like, that kind of misses a step. Like you first need to like acknowledge in the moment, okay, wait a second. I'm, I'm feeling sad now. I'm, I'm feeling anxious. And then after you acknowledge that, then you can kind of take the steps to improve your mood. But some of the, either I misread or was just reading the wrong things or kind of felt like they're saying like, just almost like suppress your emotions. Like don't be angry. Don't be sad at all. Yeah, and, and how does that make one feel? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind exactly. of torch you off a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, and that's where the, the non-resistance comes in again. It's like, so what if you feel like a two? That's, 
that's just your starting point. Yeah. That's great that you're aware of that. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, the other thing that kind of frustrated me, it seemed like I was raised Catholic and, and there's so many things I didn't understand. And one of the things was the quote from Jesus that says, go within. We've all heard you're supposed to go within to find the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And, and, um, but to me, uh, I was, a lot of things I was taught felt like, you know, it was guilt. And, and so now I've learned, I'm like, what does that mean? Go within. And I've learned it's, it's about those vibrations and feelings and awareness. And I'm like, Oh, I've heard this quote my whole life and I'm finally understanding what it means to go within. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely a big, big part of it. And then another thing that I'm fascinated and curious about your background is if I understand correctly, you're a certified financial advisor. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, certified financial or chartered financial analyst. So I, oh, okay. I look at investments for a living. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, you know, take everything you've learned and then and you talked a little bit about this, which I appreciate, but you know, how do you take all these, you know, esoteric, not esoteric, but these spiritual principles and apply them to, you know, your work in finance? Yeah. You know, they say it's not what we do, but how we do it. Yeah. And are you coming to work being a good example? Are you, are your coworkers saying, Oh, you look so peaceful. How yeah. can I get some of that? Um, how do you, you know, when you communicate with clients, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, it's not our job to make people feel better, or even help them feel better. I think when we heal ourselves, yeah, we naturally um, become an example and that positive energy fills the room. And, and so it doesn't matter what you're doing for a profession. It's, it's, it matters how you take your steps through life. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I, yeah, I think like you said, I mean, you know, we really, you know, can inspire people just by who we're being, you know, like you said, when some people walk into a room, they just kind of light up the energy and you're right. You can do that. And it's how you treat, you know, the, everyone you bump into. Yeah. You know, as, as you walk by people, um, you give them a smile and, you know, you say, are you polite to the cash register attendant? Yeah. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta live the life. You can't just talk the talk. And, um, and, and then you, uh, as, as we both have found, it, it's just so much more enjoyable. It is. It is. Um, well, Steve, I, I really, really appreciate your time. And I mean, this, this conversation has been really fun and fascinating and eye-opening. I mean, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you were hoping to talk about today? You know, I, I think we've, we've, summarized it well but i i think um i think it comes down to just being aware of who you are be be gentle with yourself um take time to be quiet disengage the mind slowly take little steps um you know but once again know you're never alone um, you're always supported there's always a positive flow Let's just get out of the way of ourselves. Let's disengage the brain. Let's listen to the heart. 
let's you know sit in nature learn to be still and if you can just learn and that's you know the title was definitely inspired clear vessels that's clear being you know have clarity get rid of those blockages uh, those attachments those judgments and so it's a combination of I think the ego has to get worn out over time a little bit yeah for me the crisis kind of slapped me in the face and said that ain't working boy <laughs> right <laughs> um, sometimes I think it's more of a, a gradual process um, so that's what I would leave leave listeners with just be easy on yourself just find a little more quietness find more clarity every day um, don't be so hard on yourself life can be enjoyable um, listen to the signs I it's life's miraculous now I, I'm getting signs every day whether it's through license plate <laughs> numbers or billboard signs it's like God is winking at us constantly right yeah we will just quiet ourselves enough to listen yeah and watch and be aware so you know, I, I find as I talk, I just bring myself to this still awareness. And so just asking the listeners to practice that, find some stillness and pay attention and, and life will start to unfold in a different manner for you. That's, that's very well said. That sounds, that sounds great. And, you know, if people um, want to get in touch with you and, um, buy your book, Clear Vessels, Where, where's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Where's the best yeah. way for people to get your book? Yeah, the, the book is on Amazon. So if you do a search for Clear Vessels or Clear Vessels Hoffman, you'll come right to it. Um, and then I have a website, clearvessels.com. Um, uh -huh. I do have a, a blog on there. I, I share a lot of these, you know, like I said, every day is a different adventure, a different lesson, a different way of navigating. So I have a blog. Um, if you sign up to get those blogs in your email, they're, they're free for anyone. But if you want them in your email, I also give you an added gift of a, it's a PDF, the five ways to overcome overwhelm. Great. Um, there's also other freebies out there, like a free chapter reading and all kinds of fun stuff for folks to poke around. But clearvessels.com, um, especially the blog, I think would be helpful. And then, then Amazon for the book. And of course, Facebook is Stephen James Hoffman 156. Uh, Instagram is Stephen James Hoffman. So, like, like everyone, we're all out there. I know. I know. Yeah, or trying to be. I'm not a big, you know. To me, a lot of that social media stuff is the doing again. I know, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I struggle with that too. I started an Instagram, and then I was like, I just, it's too much. Like, I'm just right? gonna kind of put this on pause for right now. Um, yeah. So I, I learned to do that. The, the pause and only post when it feels good. So I'm right. not trying to put garbage out there. Yeah. Trying to put if something hits me today. I'll write a blog or share a story or put right. on Instagram, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I hear that. I hear that. Well, that in and of itself is excellent advice too. Um, so uh, Stephen, you've just been full of like wonderful insights and your, your authenticity and just your uh, inspiration and what you've gone through. I can tell it's going to really reach and touch a lot of people. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us. And I'm just, I'm really excited for you and all the people that you, you and your book will reach. 
Well, thanks for having me, Matt. This has been a great joy. This, this is what I love doing. I can <laughs> tell you love doing it. So thanks for sharing your platform with me. Oh, my pleasure. All right. Well, like I said, this is Matt Welsh with Spiritual Media Blog, and I've been here today with Stephen Hoffman, author of Clear Vessels, and we uh, really, like I said, really appreciate your time. All right.